bottom, bottom. Here we go. We are here uh, post-interview. So you will see this before our interview, but it's Simon here. Before the podcast. Before the podcast. Welcome, and everyone, to the Per 36 podcast. A very special, very special episode. Very special. Every episode more special than the next. Um, well, but we think we thought we owed. There's been some some Knicks news that we thought we had to talk about, and so, and also uh, like we you know we have we've some, been we have, we we've, have, we've been we've also been told that you know it's normal for podcast hosts to podcast hosts to not solely rely on yeah. the out of their guests. We have to we also gotta show who we are as on our own direct. Yeah, and so, yeah, uh, we need to so find hey. fans who are fans of just us. Speaking of fans, this podcast is presented by Fanfare Media. That was one. crazy smooth. That was Very smooth. smooth. And but Fanfare Media is a new up-and-coming uh, media startup that we have recently uh, been a part of. And so right now, uh, there's not much to plug and talk about. But soon, we will, have, we will have some treats for you guys. <laughs> I think I gotta leave that in. Alright. Join in here. We discuss some of the recent happenings of you know, a lot of big a lot of big Knicks news in uh you know, quarantine, you know, nothing's actually happening. For I, mean, I guess one something we haven't talked about, the hiring of Brock Aller, which I mean, I don't know, again, my, I mean, I, I mean, I think that's a good thing to finally have someone to be like. Obviously, we don't know who Brock Aller truly is. Like, you could say whatever they want. You know, you we don't know what's going on back there. There's no picture of him on Google Images. There's not. You can't. So, find you don't even know if this is a real <laughs> human being. This is Dan. This is Dan Gilbert. The only quote we have on him is you. like that. Dan Gilbert like loves him more than anyone in the world. Um. <laughs> it's like not even. It's just Dan Gilbert's like AIM alias. Like it's not. It's not even a real. <laughs> They're a real uh, person, but theoretically, you know, he's a guy that's supposed to be smart and smart about the cap. So I mean, that is something the Knicks haven't really had outside of just realizing that, like, you know, giving long contracts is bad. Like maybe we'll ha- finally have like someone to be like, oh, there's other things you can do besides just like giving out a one plus one team option to like a scrub, not a scrub, but a middling role player who can't pass. You know, like. We'll have yeah. like might be able to execute some finesse for once instead of just like and realizing I, that Tim Hardaway contracts are bad. yeah. And here's the thing, I saw a lot of people on Twitter, kind of being like, kind of going through the old uh, Cav signings and kind of roasting the especially bad ones like the Tristan Thompson deal, the J.R. Smith deal. But when you we know that's those were under the orders of LeBron, and yeah. I bet you and it worked. I mean, they got a chip. Yeah. But I bet you that if LeBron had told them after that, uh, after that chip year, like, hey, I'm not coming back, there's no way that Brock and Kobe are just going to be doling out those deals. I mean, it seems like, like the, I, was he, I don't know if it was you who showed me it or someone else on Twitter, but the maneuverings he did with that Corver contract, I mean, that looked really impressive. You got it first. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure he's, he's a smart fella. I mean... Yeah, I don't think you could really, like, kill him for the Tristan Thompson thing too much, though. I mean, we'll see. Again, I, I you know, a lot of people are being, like, you know, s- salty that people are salty about Scott Perry being extended. And, like, it's just, like, 
I don't know. I mean, people are saying like he's not gonna have big as big a role, but like he's still literally the GM. So I mean, they could have just made Brock Oliver the GM. And he is like there's nothing. He is officially he will be running our draft again. Like yeah, and also people are saying like he's gonna have less of a role, but I don't really see how it would be less concerning one. It is the same position, and two. Leon Rose, like a lit, according to Begley, Leon Rose relied heavily on Scott Perry. So, like, I don't think, like, the new kids who, like, the new agent who doesn't know how to, like, run a team is all of a sudden going to, you know, yeah. I don't think it's he's going to, you know, he's not going to walk the line the Scott Perry. Yeah, he's not going to walk into the draft room and be like, hey, Scott, I think you're doing this wrong. Like, I think yeah, he's, that's yeah. all, it, it, like, it can't be both ways. You can't say that Scott Perry's do nothing, don't worry, but also be like, Scott Perry's just there to teach Leon Rose everything he knows and, you know, mold him into the next Scott Perry, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, next thing we should we should probably cover is what's been making waves throughout all of Nick's Twitter, which is the uh, KD-style pull-up range of our franchise center, Mitchell Robinson. Um, and you did your due diligence and what you always do with bringing some reality to the situation by linking that Andre Drummond pickup video. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, I, 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 it's just silly. I mean, even if Mitch starts shooting, he's not going to be pulling for step back jumpers. With like, with like and, three in between the legs, behind the back, step backs. Like, yeah, and like, I don't know, I can't. I'd love to see, I'd Mitch. love to see an 18 footer first. That's where I come in. Yeah, like, like I, I can't, I can't hate on Mitch for shooting, but it's like the step back three is stupid. We haven't even seen anything outside of the paint, and like, I don't know, I, I would love to see some like general ISO moves because this is like such an athletic dude. He doesn't need to be doing step back threes. He just needs to figure, find out a way to, you know, instead of shoot step back threes over Andre Drummond. Find a way to, you know, like, use his insane athleticism to, to like, do a spin move on Andre Drummond or, you know, uh, run past him. I, I, don't, I don't know. I just, the setback three is whatever. And then the other thing is, like, again, if you are going to practice shooting, like, his shot is, like, kind of a little weird where he, like, leans back. And obviously, he, you know, he's demonstrated a stroke, but he has been inconsistent. Like, I'd like to see, like, you know, if he's going to work on I'd like to see him, like, you know, corrects his form a little bit see he does i did compare it to kd but he kd's also kind of the only guy that like shoots back like leaning like that you know and we can't i mean here's the thing it is it is you're right it is it is a little strange just his posture on the shot but we are lucky in terms of it's a it, it is a fluid stroke like we're both under the impression that it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could be a 30, 33% three-point shooter in the next five years. I mean, we, even Robin Lopez this year was like a knockdown three-point shooter. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Again, I don't know. I just... I'm, I'm going to be honest like to see... Mitch has not social distanced once throughout the... the well, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I was going to say that. <laughs> We're all talking. We're, we're debating. We're debating about like the the, the threes and, and stuff. But how how is this dude playing like four on four right now? Like, the, like everyone's like everyone's kind of freaking out that like oh the NBA's reopening practice facilities for people to shoot one on one with like a Heisman dude. Meanwhile, Mitchell Robinson is like just playing five on five, like, shirtless, like no, shirtless. Yeah, like, <laughs> like how how are the how is that allowed? Uh, maybe all been quarantining together. I, I don't know. 
I mean, they just quarantine in the gym. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why that's not more talk. How that's allowed to happen? Like we're, we're debating about like whether there should be a bubble city and all this. And Mr. Robinson is just like, oh, like I thought it was just, you know, I thought, I thought the league just ended earlier this year. Like he didn't know there was. Uh, what was I going on? What uh, would, what would, would, would you have an aneurysm if you saw like in the next six months some sort of like Hassan Whiteside Mitch Robinson collab? <laughs> well, I mean, that's a scary thing with Mitch because, like, I, it's hard not to – well, one, I, it's hard not to imagine the Knicks are, like, going to sign Hassan Whiteside for no reason. He's a free agent. But, like, there's so many similarities between Hassan Whiteside and Mitch that, like – Their Snapchat between, story. Yeah, between the Snapchat stories and the, like, maybe valuing actual blocked shots over, you know, good defense. But, I don't know. We'll see. Hopefully – Mitch becomes like his own thing. His, he could follow the Hassan. No, but it, I he, he we is, got him young enough. Is, we got him young enough. We'll mold him, or he. Well, he'll, yeah, I'd like to he'll, see he'll, him. he'll be molded. Well, I'm just saying, I'd like to see him molded, but hope you know. But I like to see molded in baby steps, like you know, having some form of post game or face up game instead of uh, immediately elevating to step back threes. Like like you know, that's another thing. Hassan Whiteside, he loved. He's all about chucking, chucking threes. He made like a few this year, but you know, it's not. Now, next, whatever. Next thing we should get to was uh, we we recently had Begley's report, which was that was it was it Begley or Tommy Beer? It was Begs, I think. I think it was Begs. Yeah, that the Knicks have been doing extensive research and scouting on our favorite prospect, Cole Anthony. And now, if, if, we can use Coleman. Here's the thing. If we rewind it to whenever we first started talking about him on the pod, me and you both knew and were like, listen, no matter how much shit we talk, like just with how being a Knicks fan works and how fate works for us, like we had pretty much accepted in like November that, you know what? just in our guts, that Cole Anthony was going to be a Nick. It's going to be Cole. It's going to be Tibbs. It's going to be Chris Paul. Whatever you don't – got to expect it. <laughs> I, I am expecting it. And, I mean, there is truth in the fact that, you know, like I was going to – it's hard to roast too much the statement of there's scouting. No, they should, player, at, but, as they should be. But just the fact that they chose like the Cole. Fact, yeah, the fact that's what's getting leaked. Exactly. Kind of seeming like, like – they're okay. trying to put out Everybody the feeler to like, make sure it's okay. Like, you're not seeing exactly. the Knicks are extensively scouting Denny. Yeah, somebody extensively scouting, scouting, you know, like, Tyrese. Player. Yeah, you don't see anything about Tyrese Halliburton. No, no not, it's, uh, so they don't want to hide Tyrese Halliburton. No, they're, trying, they're trying to prime the fan base for the okay. inevitable, which is that Cole Anthony will be a Nick. And we will have a, a memorial pod the day that happens. And we'll have cutscenes of everything we've ever said, and hopefully one day we will be on freezing cold takes. Like, there's nothing yeah. more I'd want than for us to be completely wrong and just come off as stupid or ignorant. But, and he, he just made a TikTok. TikTok is sad. But, I mean, I don't know. I we knew that with him being a New York guy and a score first point guard, like it, he he could not fit the criteria more for what they're looking for. 
Well, I mean, it just again, it's just kind of scary because every like so many of the I don't know. I, I mean, the truth is, there's every top guard in the draft is a little scary. Where they're like pretty much like Edwards, Lamelo, Cole. I mean, they're all Hayes. They're all like Hayes. They're all either one. Well, I get. I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. It's just like there's a lot of inefficient guards. They're all kind of concerning, but. Yeah, but ah, the fact that Cole Cole got leaked, you know, it's interesting. You gotta gotta wonder why they're uh, putting the field with that. Yeah, there. the agenda behind the scenes. <laughs> Who the um, are? Anyway, players. I guess we could uh, wrap up our, our little Knicks roundup. Yeah, introduce. I mean, and just for everyone, I think this this is something we're gonna be doing from now on. Just when we release these pods with guests, we'll make sure to put ten. Between five and fifteen minutes of just just us in the beginning. Start a year in. We're starting to you know maybe make it a podcast. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Now yeah. Now we're but, uh, trying to ex- express ourselves. Anyway, we got a, a really great guest on today. It was a really good, interesting interview. I, I just had to cheat or boot my own horn. Uh, we got Coleman. I, that was uh, gross. that was gross. Well, what, I don't remember his last name. Coleman. Coleman Ayers. Uh, well, whatever. Coleman from By Any Means. Hopefully, I didn't pronounce that wrong. I don't know. Whatever. Coleman from By Any Means Basketball. Yeah. Um, he has uh, like 250,000 YouTube subscribers, 50,000 followers on Instagram. Very. Yeah, he's, he's got, got the clout. And uh, he just has some great. I mean, he, he does a ton. He does. He's a young guy like us, but, um, but he does a ton of stuff. He's these great video breakdowns of NBA players. Um, and But he's also like trying to, you know, become. A trainer, too, as you'll see in this uh, upcoming little podcast. Hope, hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> um, joining us from, the, I guess, the creator of Bayern Means Basketball, Coleman. Thanks so much for coming on. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. So um, I, I guess to start off, we could, I just want to maybe let you explain what Bayern Means Basketball is about. Because, I mean, I, I know it's, like a, it's kind of a few different things yeah yeah so it's kind of developed or um evolved into like you said a few different things it's become a pretty uh wide-ranging thing but i started it out like 2015 2016 not really a definitive date so i always kind of struggle with that but i started out when i was 16 years old so i was like a high school junior hoping um like i said i'm from washington dc so it's like a very good basketball area so that kind of got me set on that path um and then it started out really with just watching film and breaking it down and then just putting it up on youtube as a hobby you know i made some little documentaries that are off youtube now because they're embarrassing as hell because i was like a little 15 year old making some documentaries like about me working out and shit but pretty much started the way started to get attention was um just breaking down film i started a series called the attention to detail series and i'm still i'm still going with that today um so i just started putting it up on youtube kind of as a hobby for real just like to get off my computer so i don't have to worry about taking up space and it kind of gained some momentum um and then from there i've been just expanding and expanding and expanding every i think a year after that i started training players like i was a senior in in high school so i was training some guys on my team um and some other guys in the area and then Gonna play college basketball, but I decided to focus more on by any means and, and developing and training players and teaching 
and it's pretty it's expanded into a pretty global thing which is it's crazy to me but um it's become a very cool platform for me i think i have like 250 i don't really know the exact um number but like 250,000 subscribers on youtube and then like 50,000 something on instagram but point being it's become a very cool um kind of platform to, for me to teach through and and to reach like a global basketball audience and now I do everything from training to events to um, I still make those YouTube videos. So hopefully people still get a lot of value out of those. Um, yeah. It's, that, it's come a lot more than just those videos yeah. that I started with. That That's how I discovered you. I didn't I didn't realize until just now when I realized we have you on that there was all the skill training stuff. I was, yeah. I, I, but I, I realized I do, I do know you or did and have known you. And enjoyed yourself a lot. The attention to detail stuff, um, right? Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I mean, it's just they're just very aesthetically like pleasing videos because yeah. the songs that go along with it, it's pretty like about to. It's good. It's good watch. It's like mellow, making uh, yeah. numbers, you know. Here, Colton, <laughs> I'll, I'll give you a little a little inside info. When me and Alex were talking about having you on the podcast before, when mm. we were first talking about it. Um, you even said, Alex, even if you didn't do anything with by any means basketball, you're such. He said that you're such a talented editor. That yeah. like, have you always had like a passion for editing, or was it just the more you did it, the better you got, and then now it's just like second nature. I think it, it's always been kind of a gift. I don't know like where it is. I guess it's just kind of an innate gift. Um, but I mean, I wasn't obviously like if you go back to my like very, very early videos, like they were not as aesthetically pleasing as the ones that I put out today. But it's definitely been a process. Like I said, I've been doing it for like six years. So it's been a process, but I have had a pretty good feel for it. I would like to think at least. Um, so it's been kind of a mix of the two. Yeah, I, I, I just respect it. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just respect a lot that as as a content creator myself, made videos starting in 2015 on YouTube, mm. like, you know, I <laughs> I don't have anywhere near the 250,000 subscribers, but it's crazy that, like, like that alone could, could be, like, pretty, pretty cool, just, like, you make the attention to detailed yeah. videos that are, you know, I, I enjoy a lot. The fact that, like, you're not just me, like, a, a fat guy in his mom's basement, but that you're actually, like, also, <laughs> um, you know, like, playing club basketball and training people that like i i mean that's that's something in general which i kind of want to ask you about just like a lot of the time i feel like people who are really into like like playing basketball and people who are into the nba is kind of yeah you know, they're kind of different groups which always surprises right. me so like i kind of like that you're into the nba at least in your videos and you yeah. also are in like the playing side i mean i don't well, know what are your yeah. what are your thoughts on that yeah. i mean we're 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 like a Knicks podcast, and like Mitchell Robinson didn't even know who Hakeem Olajuwon was. So like, that, like I don't there seems to be more and more of a disconnect of like between the NBA yeah. like playing basketball, which I don't know, it's surprising me. I, I like I like both. Yeah, no, I think I think it's kind of been like I feel like if you really want to get into one or the other, it's better to kind of supplement yourself with the other one and dive full in like i mean obviously you can watch basketball and not play play basketball well actually that's probably the harder one for me is if you're playing basketball i feel like you should definitely be watching it and, and at least have some type of knowledge of the game at least today maybe not 
back in the day, but I mean, the Hakeem Olajuwon stuff is kind of, it's kind of wild, but yeah. <laughs> um, I do feel like it's just like being a part of basketball culture for me is just like being able to relate with everyone on every side of the spectrum. Um, so being able to talk about the NBA, being able to um, hoop with people who don't even watch the NBA very much or focus more on college or whatever it may be, just like, I feel like personally, it's especially for me, um, I'm more of like a global scale. It's it's great for me to be able to relate with everyone, no matter their playing or watching level. Well, so this is this is the next thing I wanted to get into, and mm-hmm. I think what's really unique about you is you see a lot of people do similar things to you, but either they're a lot yeah. older or they're it's it's their full time profession. I mean, you right. are someone that's just also you have this whole brand and this presence but you're also just a normal college student playing right, yeah. basketball we actually i don't know um ryan tavares on your club basketball yeah, yeah. yeah. we went to oh high God. school yeah but, Damn. yeah oh i've we've known ryan since i've known ryan since i was like five very good dude that's yeah. a very good dude right there dude great dude yeah, man. but rt but i was <laughs> like what uh What's that like, kind of trying to balance being just a normal college student and also trying to put as much time and effort to your brand as possible? And how yeah, do you have the time? Yeah, I was going to say there are kind of two two components to it. One is just like the time aspect, aspect where I wake up, I go work out myself because like obviously, like I said, I play and I watch a lot of basketball, so I like to stay sharp. Um, Plus, I'm, if I'm going to be training players, like, I never like to be training players that are that much better than me. Um, obviously, there's a cutoff point with that, like, if I'm training NBA players, and it's going to be a little bit different. But wake up, like, kind of work out, try to stay sharp. Um, then, obviously, I have classes, all that type of stuff. Um, and then I'll probably go train, like, two or three players or teams um, some nights of the week. And then also be playing, like, I hoop in the evenings as well. And then also make the content like i try to post every day on instagram like once a week on youtube which is tough but um to be honest that kind of comes as like a last priority for me but i enjoy everything that i do so i kind of find a way to do it even if i shouldn't like i'd say school is more of a priority for me than like putting out <laughs> content and stuff but sometimes it's, it, it definitely comes a little bit behind it but i find a way to do it um i really just try to prioritize like my in-person training the most because that's what um I really wanted to develop at the most but I think everything just kind of comes naturally because at the end of the day I, I want to get everything done so by any means I try to get it done um, but then the the other component that I was talking about yeah a little pun right there the other component I was talking about is just kind of like a like a social comp- I don't really know how to explain it but like you said a lot of guys that do similar stuff whether it's skills training or putting out content or um all this stuff, like a lot of these guys have full-time jobs in it. And I'm going to have that soon. Like I graduate in one year. Um, I'll probably get my master's in strength and conditioning. But right now with school, it's just like I, I was doing this stuff when I was living in a dorm on campus. Like it's, people will see me randomly. Like I've had a couple of kids come like, oh, like, don't you do the binding me stuff? And I'm like, yeah, like just a normal dude. Like, I'm, you know, I, I live in a dorm on campus. Um and it's a little bit different now that I'm kind of growing out of that. But at first, especially, it's pretty cool to me just because I never want to be, like, the type of dude that considered, is considered to be, like, above anyone or, like, 
you know, I'm not like a just because I have a certain amount of following on on the internet doesn't mean anything. So it's been cool to just kind of immerse myself and like like you said, like I played club basketball a little bit um, when I had the time, and it's just like all that stuff kind of keeps like the purity in the game of basketball before it will become a full time job eventually. And I want to keep that going as long as possible. Is that your long term goal to just like keep building by any means basketball and seeing if that could be like your full time, you know, job? <laughs> yeah. So, so the main thing for me is I want to become more of like a strength and conditioning focus. So that's like what I'm majoring in. I'm going to get my master's in that. Um, that's always what I've been a little bit more interested in. So, goal is to open a facility or multiple facilities, just training athletes and then continue to expand the global reach and then just bringing that level, that high level of training to pretty much everyone globally. When you started, did you ever see it becoming this big? I mean, I guess when you first started off, maybe not, but, and also when did you realize like, oh, wow, like this is kind of uh, a thing where like a lot of people are liking what I'm doing? Yeah, I think, well, no, I mean, to answer your question first, I never imagined it to, to get this big, but there was kind of a time because, um, like I mentioned, I was I was still playing basketball in high school, um, and it, we played like a very rigorous schedule. Like, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar. Would you play? Familiar with? Would you play like the Mavs? Yeah, we. So I played in the I played at St. John's College High School, which is like in the same conference as the Mavs, like Gonzaga school yeah. called Paula Six. Like, I my junior year we had six teams ranked in the top twenty five, um, just in our conference. So. Crazy. That alone, and if you look at me like I'm a six foot white guy, not like the most gifted in terms of athleticism. So it took a lot to kind of keep up with um, just being able to play at that level. So at that point, I wasn't really focused on focusing, excuse me, on anything past that. You know, like everything was. I was hooping. I was making some videos, putting them out, but. I was kind of on the side as like a hobby, um, more so benefiting, benefiting myself, just like being able to watch the film, take notes. Um, and then eventually, once my senior year ended, and I was like, all right, where do we go from here? I had some D3, D2 opportunities <clears throat> um, to play. And I, the decision for me was if I wanted to continue to play and, and have by any means in teaching and training is a side job and, and kind of a side hustle or a hobby even in a sense or if I wanted to devote my whole life to it um and I think that's kind of where there's kind of like a fork in the road and once I took that road and now I go to U the University of Miami as you guys know um once I kind of took that route and decided to focus more on on by any means in my training I think that's when I realized like all right it can become what it is now and i think that was a very crucial point for me yeah and like you said the whole six foot scrawny guy that's that's the type of thing our our pod is uh that's all about. Our, yeah. yeah my favorite player is uh chris copeland you know that may, but you know that's uh that's the inspiring stuff to have to grind yeah. to uh He's the, yeah the first it. member of this podcast is chris copeland he is really yeah yeah he R was the, rico he rico hines uh legend He's always, he's now, always in the background of those rooms. When you look at guys, maybe like uh, Chris Brickley and uh, Drew Hanlon and people like that, is that what you want to do, or do you want to kind of find a middle ground between? Because they're mostly shooting, right? I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
are are those kind of career paths you're looking to emulate or are you looking to kind of create your whole a, a kind of like a whole new style yeah i think i think there's a little bit of both and they're like every one of those guys probably has a quality in which i want to incorporate into my path but i definitely see a kind of a, a new style for myself in that i focus a lot on like the strength and conditioning side where it's like focusing on the athlete's body what they need to do to become more athletic to recover from the workouts but I also obviously have been doing the attention to detail stuff, focusing on like the skill side for so long. So kind of merging those two um, and being able to increase the player as an athlete and then the player as a basketball player in terms of their skills kind of concurrently is, is my path. And then also just like um, I feel like the, one of the main things for me is I just can be very relatable. And um, the main thing for me is just being able to continue to um use that to my advantage and and kind of make very like high level scientific information uh, like digestible i guess for for just like the average hooper so that's kind of my goal right there because if you look at a lot of guys that are extremely knowledgeable like they know all about the human body um all about how to improve as an athlete if you take them and put them in like a normal room with like just normal hoopers they're not going to make their way out because they have no idea how to actually like interact with those guys. So one of the main things I want to do is taking that information, be as smart as those people, and then be able to relay it to the entire basketball community on more of a digestible level. So going back to the question, there is um, an, an aspect of that, but I also want to include more so I can take kind of a unique path. Yeah, you definitely make it, uh, more digestible, like I said, even if I'm not like paying attention to the video, I could just like yeah. watch those uh, those attention detailed basketballs on a loop. But um, yeah, I, I, uh, but also, but also, yeah, definitely a lot of content I see out there of like this variety can be undigestible. There's one account I don't know if you've right. ever seen it called B Biomechanics on Twitter. It's like it goes yeah, out yeah, of its yeah. way to be. Do, do, do you have well, any yeah. with the account? Exactly. They, they, they always. Or scout with you're, you're ever seen you're scout. Anti, uh, no, I, I, I'm, I'm not, sure I've come across it, but I'm not plugging it because <laughs> we have our own beef with. Uh, yeah. He's been on the podcast, but you have. He was a, on the pod. He was. He's still an enemy of the pod. He still is an enemy. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. But, but um, we'll, we'll be trash talking you next week. No, yeah. <laughs> the tone. <laughs> Like like going off on what you said about being more digestible, I think that yeah. you find a really good balance between um, both just bringing in an analytical side to the game, but also, like you said, just having kind of that Hooper's mentality and just being able to relay that. Um, now, since you've been at Miami, have you found that you're just training people that want to get in shape? Have you worked out with some guys on the team like, how do you kind of make those connections while you're at school? Or is it just literally people, maybe high school kids, hitting you up on Instagram who live in the area being like, yo? Yeah, I mean, I think I I do train, like, some of my friends. Obviously, like, if, if any of my friends, my boys want to work out, like, I always work them out because I would do the same. I would want the same if, if one of my friends could train me. But most of the players that I train are, are at high schools in the area. Some of them are at colleges. Um, and most of it does come from social media, like especially 
these days with training and, and all this entire field, like it's so heavily based off of social media that I'll get DMs um, from random high schoolers in, in the area that'll just be like, yo, let's get in the gym. And I, I do as much as I can really like is depending on my time. Um, and that's kind of built up to like training probably most of the, not most of, but a lot of the better players in the area. Um, and then I'm also like, I'm from DC. So I have a lot of guys up here that I train with that are some of the better guys in the area and that um, are now in colleges. So um, it goes everywhere from, from training, like my boys are like people that want to get in shape, like you said, up to training like pros and, and D1 players. So that's kind of the cool um, thing for me is that I can relate to both. And that's also why I want to continue to work on making everything digestible is so I can take the information that I give pros and D1 guys and make it digestible to people who just want to get in shape and don't care about actually becoming the best basketball player that they want to. So that's kind of a cool like spectrum for me to, to cross. So just to go back to what I, what I was talking about uh, earlier. So you have see like you do know what i'm talking about with the b biomechanics kind yeah, of like yeah, being yeah, walking yeah. the source yeah. and trying too hard yeah i think i think a lot of the thing with me is i heard this quote i'm i've never been sure who said it but it's like if you can't explain it to a child you don't actually know it and i think yeah. that's the biggest thing for me is like a lot of people when they're kind of self like conscious of what they actually know they go out there and start throwing in these big words and Throwing in like all these crazy concepts that we like, you guys don't need to know that. Like, I may know the concepts, but I'm not gonna present them to you because you guys don't care. Like, um, you guys don't care. No one will care unless you're actually researching this type of stuff. So, I think the key is being able to take that knowledge and then apply it in a way that's you're you're letting go of your pride and just being like, all right, if people think I'm I'm not very knowledgeable because I'm not using all these big words, and so be it. Is there uh, any other specific, I mean, you don't have to say anyone necessarily, but is there any other things out there that you see from these other trainers? And feel free to name names if you, if you got it, any of them, but just like <laughs> things you see that you're just like against, like just, just things you see that you have gripes with. It's like, all right, why, why is he doing that? Oh, wait, wait, before you, before you answer that, let me yeah. add like all those video, like we all know the videos that get roasted on Twitter of trainers being like, yeah, oh, yeah juggle this tennis ball while you get hit with this, <laughs> with this hit with this mat. And so right. like, like, because there's parallels, like there are people like you in the training world. And then there's tons of people like that who seem yeah. to make, like pulling stuff out of their ass. You know what I mean? Like, right. But, yeah. So what no, would, yeah, I, I think, go ahead. Where, where oh, no, no, I was just going to ask you like, kind of what, what do you see in this whole world that you're a part of? Yeah, man. So I think I want to preface it by saying that there is a lot of good. So everything that I say is is doesn't apply to everyone. Like there are a lot of good coaches and trainers and um, people out there that are knowledgeable and applying it in the right way. But there's also a lot of bad. And I think it starts it kind of starts on social media for me. Um, one, it's just people aren't devoted to learning as much as they should. Um, they just think whether it's a, like an older guy that thinks, oh, you know, this is what I, I did in the 80s, so it must work now because I made the, uh, like a professional level, so now it's going to work for all my players. And that's been proven, like, scientific studies are done every single day to try to 
um, discern what the best methods are. So if you're not really diving into the information and just kind of working off of subjectively what you think is going to work, that's kind of where it, it starts off for me. And then social media has kind of amplified this effect where it's like everyone just does whatever is the most trendy. Like if you search up vertical jump on YouTube, like an insane amount of videos and, and people will come up that have no idea how to actually train an athlete, but the best vertical jump, side of your vertical jump or increase your vertical jump 10 inches in like two days. And it's like, all it's complete bullshit because not, even if one athlete is able to do a certain workout program or a certain exercise and it works for them, it's not always going to work for someone else. So I think that is big. And I think the, the, the root of that is just that people are focused more on followers and subscribers and, and monetizing their videos more than actually becoming as knowledgeable as they can. And then I think that's kind of the root of all evil in, in terms of like the, the, what I have, the problems that I have in the training world, but I could go on for days and days about it. So I'm just cut Wait, that one. What's the biggest challenge you've faced kind of in all of this? I think so far it's probably just been my youth. Um, and I say that because like I'm 21 and most people doing this, especially in the DC area, it's not just because it's such a like a concentrated basketball area. A lot of the guys doing like training and coaching and the one the guys that hold kind of the reins to the whole basketball culture there are in their forties. They're very well connected. Um and when a younger guy like me kind of comes into the into the picture, they don't like it. And um they don't like the social media stuff. They don't like the fact that I'm, you know, I have more of a global audience. So they kind of see me and consider me inexperienced when I do re I go to school for it. I do a ton of research. Um, I have spent a ton of hours training myself and other players. And I don't think the youth, obviously I'm not an expert, like by any means at all, but no pun intended. Um, but well, I mean, also, to build, we're, we're going to say, no, I was just going to say the, the way that those types of people, um, will judge your youth as a, as a disadvantage there also is an aspect of your youth that probably makes you way more relatable to a certain crowd and even your peers. Like, I mean, there's definitely something, it's definitely, I bet you, it could be a weird dynamic if you're training someone 10 years older than you, but a lot of people want to be trained by someone they can relate to. Right. And, yeah. And so, I don't know, I, I, no. I definitely see how that could, I see how kind of the old guard would resent you. But also, it's it's fun to dunk on the old heads. As uh, <laughs> yeah. scout, scout, scout with Brian once got mad at me because I was uh, I quote I was talking trash to Damon Stoudemire because <laughs> he because he was talking about like how he played like forty seven minutes a game and like how young players today should be doing that. But I was like, Damon, you only play like ten years, you know, like. You know, you could probably <laughs> yeah. play longer if you did load management. So it's, it's, it's fun. Exactly. It's fun. Now, fun you, to, are you a, uh, are you a Wizards fan? Nah, man. The thing is with me is that 
the Wizards were so bad when I was growing up, except for like the one period where it was Gilbert Arenas, Antoine Jameson, Karan Butler, like Nick Young, like that team was JaVale as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They gave LeBron a run for for his money. Um, But other than that, like, I think that was like a three-year period where they were really good. But at that point, I'd already gotten into just like, I'm more, personally, I'm more of like a player guy. Like I find players that I like and I follow them. And then maybe throughout the season, like, oh, I'm not a bandwagon, but, like, I'll find a team that, like, I really like how they play and I'll just support them. Like, I'm not going to go out there and buy their jersey and yeah. do all this stuff. But, like, I'll root for some players. Like, some years I've been, like, a big Steph guy. Some years I've been a big LeBron guy. So, like, I'm kind of all over the place and it's fun for me. It's kind of like not having, like, a bracket during March Madness because then you're just yeah. free to do yeah. whatever the hell you want. You can just enjoy everything with those Yeah, players. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Do you have like no. Okay, wait, before you ask this, but if you could if dream if you could work with one player in the NBA and it could just happen, you, who would it be? That's a very very good question. So if I could so I'll give two answers to this one. One would be um if I could work with the player and kind of learn from them, I would say it's, it's generic, but I would have to go with LeBron just because the way yeah, he... Yeah, I was about to say, so yeah. like, 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 he kind of has to be LeBron. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> judging from his progression, just, like, from his rookie year, like, athlete guy that was, like, could have played football, just, like, everyone considered him just a, literally just an athlete to now he's averaging it's, damn near 11 assists a game. Being able to maintain his body, like, for you. What were so, you about to say? Oh, I was just saying, and being able to just yeah, yeah. his body yeah. at such a high level is just crazy. 100%. It's crazy. 100%. Yeah, so just being able to kind of pick his brain and, like, and be on the court with him would be dope. Um, and then on the other side of that coin, if I had to work with one younger player, that's oh, hard. That's hard. I'm trying to think of the, the thing that I really enjoy doing is taking guys that are athletes and or are considered, like, oh, he's just an athlete and making them into, like, a very calculating, skilled player. Yeah. So I'm trying to think of maybe an like, example. Maybe, like, a Bam Adebayo, a Miami guy. Pretty yeah, skilled. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, that, like, yeah, yeah, no, he's pretty damn skilled. But guys that are, especially, like, guards, it's just, like, being able to develop them. And also, like, I would say the most comfortable for me would be working with, like, a Tyler Hero or, like, Duncan Robinson, just, like, shooters that – I can I understand like they're because I've always been kind of a shooter myself. Um, so it's like I've, I've understood all like the, the dynamic of that. So most comfortable for me would be working like with one of those type guys who's just like a, a very good shooter and knows his role. And then most fun for me would probably be working with like a, an athlete and kind of teaching him to become like a, a more skilled, calculated player. You look at a guy like Ben Simmons and be like, all right, I get, I could fix him. I could teach him how to like become a knockdown shooter. Like I see what's I don't going know on. about knockdown. <laughs> I, don't know about knockdown. I, I honestly haven't looked that much at Ben Simmons. I've looked or at his at his negative. Um, but there are some guys that just like you have to teach them to to play without being a shooter. And I don't know if he's one of those guys. He may end up being like a thirty five percent shooter from three one season late in his career who knows but there are some guys i genuinely genuinely believe that like it's just time to help them work around being a non-shooter like rajan rondo has been very very good at that 
Um, he's yeah, never, I mean, I'm ben sure Simmons he's tried to like learn. A great player. Yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, I'm sure it would be fun to work with a guy like. Her. Um, one more question before we get to our final segment. Um, so cool. you've you've talked a lot about you know being from Washington, Washington basketball. You had a document. You made a documentary about Washington basketball. Can you talk about tell a little bit how yeah. what went into that? Yeah. So. Personally, I believe um, that Washington, D.C., well, not just D.C., D.C., Maryland, Virginia, or, like the surrounding areas of D.C. is like the basketball capital of the world. So, I mean, even um, the before any, you have like, yeah, Oak Hill, Georgetown, uh, yeah, exactly. Georgetown Prep's pretty good. Yeah, like there, there are a lot of schools that, and players, and like the entire area has just been producing players for, for years and years. So, um, obviously now there's tonight, like we were talking about, there's a documentary coming out about Prince George's County basketball, which is like the main basketball county. And Katie is executive producing it or like helping. I don't know his role exactly, but before any of that, I just wanted to shed some light on, um, the, the area, the basketball talent that it produces. And, um, it was fun making, like, I know a lot of the guys that I interviewed from the players, like I played with some of them or most of them to um just like the coaches I played against like they coached against me so it's pretty cool dynamic making that um made some cool connections met, met some good people um and it was just it was like a fun little project and it actually turned out to do pretty well and um you know hopefully it, it, it helps some people learn why DC is the best area for basketball now wait I, I have one more question before we get into our final segment it's kind of a little yeah. piggyback uh, off this if you go back to your high school days and you think, yeah, who was the toughest player you had to guard? Do you? Chris Light. Uh, I mean, honestly, it, all right. So in a game, I would say Chris. I didn't defend him very much, but in practice, um, I, we had my boy Casey Morcel. He plays at UVA right now. And that dude will score on you whenever he wants to. And, like, when I was a senior, he was, like, a sophomore. So I played with him for two years. But even that young, he was, like – and then last one I would say is Ant Cowan. He plays in Maryland now, yeah. or he finishes yeah. the year. He had, a, he had um, a crazy season this past year. Yeah, he had a hell of a season. So hell of a season. It's like – yeah, no, he he went off. Um, but my senior year, he was – or my junior year, he was a senior. And he was, he was a great leader, but he was also insanely hard to guard. So – was he? He was on your team. He wasn't. Yeah, there. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think yes. he, right. he he was up there for uh, national player of the year this year. Yeah, yeah. I think he was top ten. Yeah. All right. So to wrap things up, because it is a per thirty six podcast at the end, we like to shed yeah. light on a per thirty six all star. Usually, you know, devote videos to the best of players, like you know, like yeah. I, I keep a friend, the Carmelo Anthony, or like Kobe's. You know pull-ups and stuff but who is your favorite per 36 all-star maybe the guy who is the six-foot scrawny guy that couldn't get off the bench like who who's your man who you just always appreciated i think all right so i was a big duke fan growing up um so like i think two guys that i'm not sure if they ever even played in the nba but two Uh guys that i really love to watch were John Shire. You, I Greg literally, Pollard. I knew. I was just about to say, like in my head, I was like, he's gonna say John Shire. <laughs> yeah, I, no, like as someone that, that as someone way. that hated Duke, 
He was yeah. the most infuriating player to watch because he was so smart and he yeah. never made mistakes. And he was in, he literally is what Duke, like, in my, when I think of Duke yeah. basketball, I think of John Shire. Like, no, I, really. <laughs> no, but he was, he was so fun to watch. I just remember growing up watching him play. And it was, I, I think he may have, no, he, he, no. He got. The, he was in summer league and he got hit in his eye. eye. And I think yeah, he got. And now he's yeah. the now he's an assistant coach there. Yeah. With uh, yeah. With, with Nolan Smith, who's also one of those guys. Yeah. They have a ton of former guys on that staff. So. But yeah, I think I think he's definitely got to at least be up there, if not my favorite yeah. guy. It's like yeah. the scrawny white guy. Was it? Was it? <laughs> was Kyle Singler on that team with him? Yeah. Yeah. That's yep. another. That's a, that's another good one right there. That's a very good one right there. And I was I, I like the Thunder because I'm Katie's from DC, so I was like kind of a I watched the Thunder a lot, and I remember he played um, yep. in a couple of Katie's last seasons with the Thunder, and it was just it was hilarious to watch him just because he was like such a, a significant player at Duke, and then to see him as kind yeah. of like a a bench not a bench one but like a role player was fun. Just to watch. A, just an afterthought after being like it was like the Shire and Singer yeah, yeah. was like the craziest. Yeah. College basketball. I don't know. I, I have two white guys killing. All right, so we could we could uh, wrap things up. I want to let you plug your stuff, like we just yeah. what we discussed earlier. You just had a ebook that came came out. What else you got going on? I mean, you could talk yeah, about so that. I will watch it. Like you said, the the ebook um, just like pretty much details like my entire method of how I break down film, um, all the resources I use, and all that type of stuff. So if you want to learn about breaking down film go check that out documentary like we like we talked about it's called running the city um search that up on youtube you should find it um and then really just stay tuned for for everything else i got you know instagram is at by any means basketball on then youtube search up by any means basketball should come up hopefully i'll I'll follow you right now wait also you know uh have you trained with jordan huntley yeah yeah Really? Yeah. I've been trained. I've been trained. I've been trained with him, but I went to middle school, and like, yeah, like that's one of the dudes I've known for a long ass. I, I played to, against him like fourth and fifth grade yeah. all the way up to. I went to I went to boarding school with Jordan. That's funny. word. That's crazy. That's, that's, crazy. Wild. that's, that's wild. wild. <laughs> but right. Yeah. Uh, well, it, out. All right. Uh, it was great talking to you, man. You. Great. Yeah, thanks so, so much for coming on. on.